loud sound. Oh. There should be. I got fans going because it's really hot. Oh, there's something going on with what you're using or something. I don't know. I mean, my setup hasn't changed. Where have you been? Uh, not sleeping well. You like me anymore? I know you talk to other people. The only other person I talk to is my parents and Alan's class. Mm, I bet you talk to other people. Mm. I bet you talk to Don Cardenas. No. I bet you talk to Kevin Mellon. Not recently. Mm. I bet you talk to John Suntress. Not in a long time, actually. I'm about due for giving him a call. Because when me and John talk on the phone, it's like three hours. <laughs> so. Well, when anybody talks to John on the phone, it's like three hours. That's why I don't... <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got some catching up to do. I miss you. Aw. You hate me. Nah. Did you celebrate Chris Makepeace? I've been having a hard couple of weeks. Did you celebrate Chris Makepeace Day week? I, I always, I, you're the one that keeps that going. I don't know when it is. It was this week. I, basically, it just always falls on. Yeah, San Diego, yeah. Yeah, always falls on San Diego. It's a movable feast. Yes, I remember the movable feast part. Yeah. So, uh. Did I take that t-shirt off our store? I feel like it's breaking some kind of law. I don't know. I mean, if nobody's giving you a takedown notice, then I guess it's all right. Has anybody ever actually bought one? No, no one's ever bought. Well, then you don't need to keep it up. <laughs> um, I should just get one for you. Well, you know, it could be the, the traditional garb worn <laughs> on Christmas Peace Day week. Um, Why have you forsaken me? I haven't. I just... And stop saying you're busy because, I mean, well, you may actually be busier than me these days, but... <laughs> No, the problem is, is I haven't been sleeping right, so I don't get to bed until really late, which means I don't get up until really late, so I can't catch you in the mornings. And then by the time I get myself up and situated and ready to do anything, it's already like kind of late in the afternoon, and I just didn't think you'd want to do it at night during the week. Yeah. So, yeah. And, by, like, by the time I've gotten in touch with you at the end of the week, like, you had a signing at the beginning of the month, and then you had a wedding, and then there was something else. Nothing means anything anymore. I'm gonna go. I'm going to California next weekend. Going back to Cali. Cali. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I'm going to see Danny Elfman. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you an elf head? I'm a boingo head. <laughs> a, a boing. I'm a big fan of his guitarist too, Neely Brosh. She's really good. Cool. Um, so is this trip just for that? Yeah. Cool. I, well, the thing is, I decided a while back, I was like, you know, uh, it's around my birthday where I was like, you know, I really just should do things. And I was like, well, you know, I didn't go see Stevie Ray before he died, and I didn't go see Wayne Gretzky before he retired. Yeah. I'm going to go see Danny Elfman while, while he's in his 70s. Well, I guess if that's the opportunity you got, you know. Yorb. Um, how'd the signing go down Jackson? It was nice. We haven't talked since then. Jesus. Yeah, it was a... In a month? 
Just about, yeah. Man, how is anybody that listens to this show even around anymore? Well, they probably aren't. It's probably just us. Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, this know. is this is weird behavior for two men to record their conversation. This is like Watergate at this point. Is it? Yeah, I mean, the only thing we could be doing is incriminating ourselves. There's nothing entertaining about this. This is just evidence for somebody. <laughs> uh, I keep saying every year I'm going to get us back on track to what we used to do. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with the guys in the studio, because, you know, they keep saying, oh, we're going to start up the 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 video show that we were doing again. We're going to get that going. We're going to start a Patreon, and we're going to have open house days and stuff. And I'm like, no, you're not. Uh, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, let's do it and stuff, but I know they're not going to do it. So I don't want to get involved and get my hopes up, you know, so I'm not going to do I'm not doing that. Right. They're not going to, I want them to, because I would love them to make some money. So I don't have to subsidize them so much. Uh, point. Yeah. Um, I guess I just need a plan. I need to figure out, like, it should start probably with keeping track of notes of things I want to talk about the next week. Yeah, I mean, it would, I should help. I don't know. Because we used to, that's, that was our thing when we started, was we'd sit down and we'd write out a a list of things we want to talk about so we wouldn't get too far off track. (laughs) We also had cool musical breaks, too. Yeah, that just got to be more complicated when, like, digital rights and stuff, you know, like, changed. Because I used to just snag, I'd snag friends' bands, and, and then I played clips of whatever. And then I figured out that I shouldn't be just playing clips of whatever because it's not really legal anymore. So I started getting stuff from free websites, but then I'd have to like scour through those to find stuff that sounded good. You know, well, you are one of the good people because I'm sure that nobody else cares about that shit. Uh, it's just about covering our asses, well, my ass specifically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't feel like getting a DMCA takedown notice and having my website shut down <laughs> or anything. You know, um. Hence my worry about our Chris Makepeace t-shirt. Right. I mean, it's, it's a legitimate thing to think about. I mean, it'd be different, I guess, if you were just selling them at cons and flea markets or something. But <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm just going to go to flea markets and only sell Chris Makepeace t-shirts. And people are going to be like, looking at, I'll be like, what? I paid my money to be here. You shut the fuck up and buy my t-shirt. <laughs> that might sell stuff, yeah. Do they have flea markets around Chicago? Yeah. They have flea markets everywhere, man. I mean, I knew out in the burbs, I guess, right? But You know what? I was at a farmer's market in Nashville this past weekend. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, I don't know this person, but I felt proud of him because he was real smart. He set up a little, a little stall at this farmer's market where he just sells his artwork and his little self-published books and stuff. And I was like, that's smart. That's good. That's a good place for it. I mean, you know. I mean, he wasn't busy, but that fucker was there. I mean, that's a crowd that would probably be more inclined and buy his stuff probably than if he set up someplace like a comic show. Yeah, you know, or something <laughs> like. Yeah. No, that's smart. That's the way you got to be these days. Because I don't want to get into it. I get all mopey. Speaking of that, whatever happened to um, what was his name? Everett. I don't know. He was the one that threw threw his own Comic Con, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. He uh, he seemed like a very promising young man, and then I kept I started talking to him, and I realized 
that he's either insane or really stupid. And I, I, and I couldn't hide my frustration with him. So I don't, uh, he, he, I didn't, I haven't heard from him in a while. Mm. The other guys liked him much more than I did. I see. Well, he seemed yeah. like he was enterprising. Okay. He was, but we had him be an intern at the studio, and we asked him to go get something at the hardware hardware store, which was literally around the corner. It was like by the Trader Joe's, and he just never came back. Uh, he he called he called about an hour later, and he had walked to Ravenswood, like up near Lawrence, which was over a mile away. It was probably two miles. Yeah. And we were just, I was just like, I can't deal with this kid anymore. Somebody else deal with him. <laughs> huh. Well, I, he just popped in my head because we were talking about... He went to school in England, I think. Oh, yeah? And uh, I haven't heard from... Yeah. Um, okay, so let's tackle this in somewhat chronological order. How was the signing in Jackson? Like Signing was good. Uh, it wasn't super busy, but it's... Been, it was busier than some of my signings up here. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of people that I knew but hadn't seen in 30 years. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, half of the band in the book was there. Oh, really? Well, I mean, it was me and the bass player, so, yeah, half the band oh. was there. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was very nice and good to see a bunch of people. I hadn't seen in a while. It's and like, to catch up. Yeah, it's like uh, Hometown Boy Made Good Comes Home. Sort of. I mean, it was more interesting to see what they were doing. It was really cool because John, who was, he's Lenny in the book, he has a son, a teenage son, who is a bass player now, too. Nice. And he plays the same bass, and he's into the same stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it was just kind of heartwarming. And then I saw my uh, some of my family. I went to go visit my aunt, and uh, then we came back. And uh, you know, two weeks later, we were in Nashville for a wedding. And how was Nashville? Did you see the Nashvilleian? I did not see the Nashvilleian. Uh, <laughs> did you bring me back a cowboy hat? I did not bring you back a cowboy hat because my disdain of Nashville knows no bounds. And <laughs> Julie was like telling me, she's like, you need to cut it out. Because <laughs> I was just like, everything we did, I was like, fuck this city. I fucking hate this <laughs> We had a good time. I was relaxing, enjoying myself. But, I mean, I only brought Memphis t-shirts to wear around to make sure everybody knew that I wasn't from that fucking city. <laughs> And I and I I don't know why I have such a chip on my shoulder about Nashville, but the place is awful. Really, <laughs> it is. It is like all of the shit that people hate about L.A., but it's in the South, so you have all the stuff that people shit on about the South too. Huh. And Julie was like, "Oh, you know what? This isn't L.A. It's like Las Vegas now." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. It's a lot like Las Vegas." Huh, how's that? Because it's like nothing but like, seriously, it's nothing but like white girl bridal showers just walking up and down the street. Ooh. Yeah, that's all. It, I mean, there is a, a huge industry of like buses and bikes and other trolley type contractions that take 
uh, these drunk women all around town. You just, you keep, you walk and everywhere you go, one passes by and they start hooting and hollering at you. <laughs> yeah, that didn't sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fun when you know that you're not going to, you're just going to be there for a couple of days and you're just walking around. I, uh, we went to the Gibson garage, the Gibson, uh, guitar factory. And that was, that was kind of neat. That was fun. They do tours? They, they do, but I didn't, we did not take a tour. Oh. Okay. Um, this was, this was just a big expensive shop because it's Gibson, so everything's expensive. Did you buy anything? I bought a $40 t-shirt. Oh, alright. Uh, I played a couple of guitars. I played a 61 reissue SG, which is the kind that, you know, Angus Young plays and, uh, I I played uh, Emily Wolf Sheraton. I don't know. I I just started listening to her. She's like a a blues rock singer from Texas, but she has like a signature. Uh, it's like a, they're they're essentially uh, maple neck uh, versions of a three three five. Sheraton. I thought the Sheratons were like sort of shaped like Les Paul Junior. What am I no, thinking of? No. Sheratons are big. Box guitars. I'm looking at it. Well, thin box guitars. And hers has the diamond F holes like uh, Dave Rolls. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So are they but are they I, as big as a 335 or are they smaller yeah, than like a Wildcat? Yeah, they're as big. They're as big. They're not like 339s. 339s okay. are less Paul size. Okay. Yeah, because my Wildcat's smaller. Like. Yeah, yeah. Those are my guitar teacher has one of those and he loves it. Uh, you know, I just sold my 335. Yeah, you were saying you didn't like it as much? I didn't like it. Uh, the shape was fine. The neck was real unfriendly to play. I didn't like it. But the, that Emily Wolf Sheraton, I was like, hmm, maybe I'll buy this. <laughs> it's like I found the one. I if I if this if they if that if my blue three three five was like this, I would have kept it. Because I love that color. Oh my god, it was beautiful. Oh, so that's okay. The M- Emily Wolf version is that an Epiphone? It's an Epiphone, yeah. Okay. Oh, was the one you were playing like all in that matte black? It was the matte black one. There's a white one that just came out. That matte black one's pretty. It is. Somebody may have just ordered it on Sweetwater. Um, that's where I'm looking at, it, actually. Yeah. I. Uh, that's weird. Like I am not ordinarily all that into gold hardware, but on certain things, it looks good. It's aged and dusty looking. It's not uh, bright gold. It yeah, like, I, I really hate that because that, that bright gold looks tacky as shit to me. Yeah, my, my 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 SG has gold hardware, and yeah, it doesn't look bad, but yeah, I see what you're saying. This looks almost uh, the one I'm looking at. You, well, I know you said it was aged in that, but it almost looks like it's got a sort of a satin matte finish to it. Like it's all it's all the satin finish. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's um that satin black's what my that Rickenbacker bass I bought. Is, that's nice. It's finished real nice. Yeah. I like these diamond holes. That looks cool, too. Yeah, I liked it a lot, yeah. So I bought it. <laughs> well, you should use it. Well, Julie was being, like, real, like, she was being the enemy at that place, and that she was like, well, you should play all these guitars, and if you like one, you should... And I was like, do you know how much every one of these fucking guitars costs? <laughs> I can't believe... I, I'm still caught up in the thing where Epiphone used to be the budget line. And I guess it still is to a point. I mean, people still consider it the budget line, but they they cost as much as 
I, I mean, when you're talking nine hundred dollars is the budget line, like yeah, that's I that's, don't, you know. that's that's I mean, that's more than mid range at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's more expensive than I mean, you could get uh oh, you get a Mexican strap for under that. Uh, barely. But like a Mexican strap costs like eight ninety nine now. Oh, does it? Okay, yeah. that's gone up a lot then since the last time I paid attention to them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, and I guess everything goes up, but I'm just used to, I'm used to. Oh, you know, they've all the the price on guitars is because I I've seen really expensive Squires too, like well, yeah, relatively Squire, speaking, expensive. You know, Squire is like one of the is the brand it it has not done what Ep, Epiphone and Squire used to be people consider them to be like the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. but Epiphone has like gone up, whereas Squire. They just put out that Paranormal series, and they're all like four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. I was just sitting there going, mm, "I don't need any guitars, but I'll buy two. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. But I was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" That's the thing I, I appreciate about Squire over the past say like fifteen years or so is yeah. they weren't just putting out cheap copies of their regular line. They were actually doing interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, there was a period where Squire was like, "Yeah, it's the cheap stuff," but now it's not. It's some of the some of the Squire stuff feels better than the actual real deals. Yeah, I've and had a Epiphone, lot of luck with Epiphone's them. been like that for a while, actually. It's like I, it, you know, it's kind of more of a crapshoot, I guess, with Squire whether or not you're going to get like a properly sure. dressed neck than if you bought like an American sure. Strat or something. Sure. Yes. Um. But for the money, and that's usually my disclaimer, for the money, those things are awesome. Like, for the money, yeah. A lot of people use them to be like, well, I'm going to put new pickups in it and stuff. They're going to use it as a mod project or something like that. You know, Don Cardenas, I think, does that. But he gets, like, Harley Bentons and stuff, which are, like, $100, $200 cheaper than a Squire sometimes. And yeah. that's that's bringing it in from overseas because they don't sell them over here. I got this awesome, um, was it last, no, year before last I got yeah. this awesome uh, Telecaster that they put out that was all in black. It was like, yeah, um, it was a double humbucker te- Telecaster, but it was all in black and it was under a hundred dollars, dude. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that's for that money. I, you know, I can just hang it on the wall. It looks cool. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, you know, uh, the place I get my haircut, they have uh, two of those Firefly guitars hanging on their wall. And I was like, oh, that's because those guitars seriously cost like less than $100. That's uh-huh. a, you just paid $200 for decoration. That's probably, you know. And I mean, you know, they play good, too. <laughs> I mean, the ones I bought, like, yeah. so it's like, I, you know, again, for the money, that's that's better than awesome. That's, like, super fantastic. Yeah. But, I, you know, I mean, that was before I, I got a handle on buying new guitar stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, you and I used to be the pawn shop guys. I, um... Yeah, that pawn you shop one that Squire got, was pretty cool, too. You got, a, you got a taste for that rich stuff now that you got Rickenbacker. You, you've changed, man. No, mostly what it was is Rickenbacker was, like, my... my goal? My, yeah. My, the thing I always wanted kind of thing. And once I got that, I'm like... No, I really don't need anything anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, you need to pare down. You have, I like, do, I do. Yeah, I mean, I got rid of a bunch, so and uh, I did. I had like a third of what you have. It's um, it's just one of those things where I mean, I think I can start getting to it now because work slowed up some. But for yeah. a long time, it was just you know, it takes time to sell stuff. Like, yeah, 
You said where did you I sell yours? I took mine to music exchange, so I I got a I did not get what I should have got. Right. Okay. So I went to a store. So of course they're going to hose me. Right, because they got to mark it up to make a profit. They've got to mark it up, but I I didn't mind, and it was four guitars, so it's still oh that many. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. And I want to get rid of the my bass and the the Dan twelve, but you said you wanted the Dan twelve, so. It's pretty. It's blue sparkly. Actually, if you you probably get decent coin if you sold that on Reverb or eBay. Uh, well, I put it up on the the Sweetwater uh, used website, but I haven't gotten any nibbles. Huh? Because last time oh. I looked those up, because that's a that's a late nineties model, right? When they late nineties Korean one. So right I when mean, they brought them, first brought them back. I should be able to get like four hundred for it. Um, I'm trying to think of how much they were. I can't remember a specific number because I haven't looked them up in a while. Because I always liked the sparkle finish. I thought they were cool. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the specific number, but I do remember it was surprisingly high for, yeah, for a Dan Electro, like a Dan Electro that's not a 60s Dan Electro, you know? Yeah, I've seen them between like 400 and 500. And I've got the base up there for 400, too. That's that um, Mexican? Some Mexican jazz base, yeah. Right, okay, I remember that, yeah. 2003 jazz base. Man. When did you buy that? Was that barely o- used in the studio? Was that 04 when you bought that? Pro- uh probably. Mm. No, it was probably 03. Oh, because okay. I got the studio in 04, so I would have been still working at Devil's Doom. Oh, because you bought it to play with Dive Bar, right? Yep. Yeah. The only reason I bought it was to play in a band, and didn't really use it again. Man, was that that long ago? Gosh. Yep. Huh. Um. Yeah, it's just I don't know because I, I I mean I do I have a stack of stuff that I separated out already that I know I'm going to sell I just haven't had time to sell it. Yeah, I, you know I've been doing the whole like if I haven't looked or thought about it in in multiple years, then it's probably t- like I did that with like I have all these CDs. I have all these CDs of, of, you know, and it's like, I remember getting these, but if I want to listen to uh, most of these CDs, I just look it up on Apple Music. Right. And I mean, realistically, you could just rip those CDs if you really want it, like... So that's what I did. I spent the last couple of weeks just putting them all on this little hard drive, so now I'm just going to take them to the used bookstore, except for the ones that are, like, little burnt you know, burnt CDs that people have made me or that like the Oni mix ones. And, uh, I have like a promotional okay go, like before they got real big. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've still got one of those. Yeah. It's in like a little plastic slip sleeve. Yeah. 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 It's it sort of a, it's got sort of like a flower design on it or something. No, that's the actual seat. That's the actual first album. I think. Okay. I, I just remember having like one that was a, a promo one in a proper case. No, they sold. They had. I got it at like a show in Memphis when they opened up for. Uh, they might be giants. Hmm. And uh, I don't remember where I got mine. I was in Chicago when I got it, but I don't remember why. Did I get it at a show or something? Maybe. I mean, that's where I got mine. Hmm. I used to go to shows a lot. I'm going to one uh, next week, and then I'm going to one in September. 
Because uh, too much joy is back, and they're coming out here pure. That's weird. <laughs> I'm gonna go see too much joy. Um, be an old man at the too much joy concert, which is fine because that's the only people that will be there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was getting ready to say it's sort of like when I went to see Blue Oyster Cult um, last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just such a weird experience because everybody there were like had gray hair and stuff. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I've never been to a concert with this many old people like before. Mm-hmm. And I've I've seen Roger Whittaker, you know. <laughs> and even Roger Whittaker didn't have that many old people. Of course, that was back in the '80s. So he wasn't even super old then. Um, man, I always find it weird. Like, okay, I can tell now when somebody's. Or at least I'm assuming that somebody drew this art on paper and then scanned it. Because um, when I have to butt balloons, it's not horizontally perfect. <laughs> you know? Oh, interesting. So yeah. I have to, I have to like, uh, once I make my mask, I have to go and jump into like each endpoint to match it to the, the border that's slightly crooked. Mm-hmm. And I forget that people still do this. Like, that not everybody works just straight to digital anymore nowadays. Yeah. Um. So it's always it's kind of irritating a little bit when it happens, like because I'm like, God damn it, I have to do extra work, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I realize I'm like, well, it's paper, it's analog, it's not going to be perfect. You know? Yeah. God, I used to hate that back at Devil's Doom. We'd have to, especially before we got the uh, the large format scanner. Remember when we used to have to scan pages in halves? Oh, God, it's a nightmare because it never matches up. You have to scan them in halves and then you have to try to match the halves up and then make sure everything's a lot like. It never worked right. right you know? It never worked completely. And as sucky as that large format scanner that we had there was, which it was pretty sucky, <laughs> it still was better than trying to merge two separate pieces together. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Because it was, I remember it was slow, and it was loud when you'd scan. Yeah. And it, everything always came out. You had to do a lot of adjustment with it, like especially if you were. I think sp- that was mild scanner, wasn't it? No, nah, we bought a MuseTech. I think it was MuseTech. Got it. Yeah. And I, the reason we bought it was because that was literally like, I think I found it online. It was literally the, the cheapest large format scanner we could find. Um, because all the rest of them were like three grand or something like that, and this one was the only one that was under a grand. Or right. under fifteen hundred, something like that. But and it was—I uh, remember when we had to scan color stuff on it, like um, when we get Beck's, because it, it had that lid, that light lid, so you could scan transparencies and stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we'd, you know, and when Beck would do the GI Joe covers or whatever cover he was sending us, he would send us these like uh, four by six transparencies, or, or I guess they were color positives, because um, he, he would actually mount the and photograph them in his studio, mm-hmm. uh, the paintings that he would do. And so we'd have to scan those, but you'd have to do a whole bunch of post-processing on it because they always came out, um, the contrast, I guess, was real super low, so they came out dusty looking all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything looked like it was uh, pastel colors and, and real muted stuff, so you had to like saturate it and up the contrast and stuff. And I'm not even ever entirely sure we got them exactly right, because <laughs> sometimes, like, I don't, I don't remember what bit the uh, scanner was, but like, it's probably an 8-bit scanner or 16-bit scanner, something like that. No, it's probably an eight-bit scanner, I'm guessing. But either way, it was like I, the colors never quite looked like they did in the in the photograph photographic transparency, and that was well, that was always a shame because Beck did really good work, you know. 
I just remember, like, there was one in particular that gave us all kinds of fits. Was it the Zartan one, maybe? I don't remember. They, they, there was always a problem with all of that shit. It's like we, we just couldn't get it to look right, so we just did the best we could, and then that was it. <laughs> I mean, that could have been any of them. Seriously, what you're saying to me sounds like every single project. Yeah. Um. Anyway, though. Sorry, I was, I'm lettering while we're talking, and that's, that's how I got off on that art thing. Um, what else was I going to ask you about? So, what happened in between the signing and you going back to Tennessee for the wedding? There was something going on that week that we didn't talk. Like, when I tried to get a hold of you on the weekend, you were doing something else or something? I don't remember. I may have been... What was I doing? Hmm. Let me see. <laughs> Check your calendar. Emails. Refer to your calendar. Um, how's everybody at the studio doing? They seem okay. I've been having my head down trying. You know, I got a real quick, uh, like, I've been putting out feelers that everybody, you know, I've been like, hey, I could use the quick gig while I'm waiting for these scripts that are supposed to be coming to me. Right. And uh, DC was like, yep, we got something for you. It's like, uh, this book's late, so turn this around in a week. Uh, so yeah. I, yeah. I was like, well, I did ask for it. So true. I've been like, I've been too busy working, so I don't know how everybody's doing because they're all having fun watching movies on the couch. <laughs> I swear to God, nobody uses their desk in there anymore. <laughs> I'll just sit in front of the couch and watch bad movies. And I was like, is this because I used to watch, I watched them at my desk and you're mad that you didn't get to see them? Cause it's unfair. <laughs> you think they're torturing you? Yes. Um, you haven't done one of those rush books in a while, have you? No, I haven't, I haven't had a, a, a job in a while. No, I'm just saying like I, last time I remember you getting stuck with one of those, this book's late. We need to turn around. No, because I've said no. In fact, this editor in particular, like, asked me three times last year to do an Aquaman book that was real behind. And I was like, no. How about you ask me when you come up with the book and let me do it from the beginning instead of filling in for somebody? Yeah, I think I'm trying. I think I might have still been living in Chicago last time. I remember you doing one of those. Mm, maybe. But yeah, it was real, it, it, uh, and I was like, well, I asked for it, I, I kind of need this work. It's only seven pages. And I went out of town for the weekend, and I still did it, you know? You still doing like two pages a day? <laughs> uh, I, well, it's hard to say, because I was, uh, so I would do the layouts, and that would take about a day or, or two days. But the layouts are the pencils, so it's halfway done. So all the rest of it's just inking, right? Right. So, so it's a different kind. It's a hard way. It's hard to say now. So you know, I would do like like half of three pages on one day, and then I'd finish up three pages the next day. So it's hard to say. There's no finished page at the end of the day. So. That really is one of the, like, more obvious benefits, I guess, of going digital, is that you don't necessarily have to do that thumbnail stage anymore. Yeah, but also, this happened to me, too. I 
I filled in a whole panel full of black uh-huh. and didn't notice I had done that until I looked at it later on. And by that time, I had done used all my undos. Oh. So I couldn't go back, and I was like, ugh, now i got to redraw this panel. That sucks. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the equivalent, though, of having, like, your, your ink bottle spill over on your... Yeah, that's on, exactly what I said. On that's your exactly desktop what or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Which, I mean, that, that used to happen not frequently, but often enough that, like... No, sometimes your coworker would make you spit up beer on your pages. I still don't know how you think I made you do that. <laughs> you shouldn't have been funny. Well, you shouldn't have been drinking beer over your desk? I can do what I want. I'm an adult. Well, yeah, exactly. So you're responsible. I'm an adult. Um, gosh, what was I going to say about stuff? <laughs> I don't yeah, it's, it's one of those. I mean, that's always that thing with being freelance and self-employed or whatever, you know, is that you get... It's like feast or famine sometimes. Sometimes, like, I've had a couple of times when I've just had nothing but flat-out rush from, like, beginning of the year to the end of the year, you know, where I really didn't have any downtime. But And that's that sucked. But mm-hmm. as, and, and that was my 2022, you know, where I, I just started going mental after a while. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, I, I start getting panicky when I don't have work. Like... Oh, it's been a nightmare, dude. I'm pretty still upset. Yeah. I'm trying to do what I can. I just, um, I'm just trying to remember this year because, you know, my work did slow down some again. And, you know, I've got more coming, but it's, it's like you said with the scripture you're waiting on, you know. Yeah, I've got too many series, but they're taking their sweet time getting them to me. Yeah. And I, I've got, at least I think I still got, I was talking to somebody at Simon and Schuster. I'm supposed to be starting on a book, I think, this year for them. I need to get in on that. And it, um, but again, that's one of those things where it's like, well, they that that's a separate thing because they they work way different than we do in in actual comics industry. Because mm-hmm. you know they work in as, being publishers, they work from like like they wanted me to letter a whole thing like straight in in design. And right. um, and I'm like, I had to explain to them, you know, I'm like, I can do that. It's going to look like crap, you know, because it doesn't, InDesign just doesn't have the, the tools that I need to manipulate balloons and do sound effects and stuff, like, because it, it's just not built for it, you know. Um, but that was that project I worked on with Rafer. And uh, hmm. this new one's different, but I, I still had to explain to him that, like, I can't letter over rough layouts. Like, they wanted me to get started on, like, rough layouts at first. I'm like that. They just they change too much. They're, I cannot accurately litter a book based on these. <laughs> and um, and I'm like I'm, I'm like ideally I'd like to have the colors so I can match up anything color work that I have to do, you know. But I'm like I can do it over final art though. That's why you have such a, a reputation as being hard to work with. I heard. Oh, don't say that, man. You're gonna freak me out. And if it's true, I don't want to know. Well, it's true because I've been telling everybody that. That sucks, dude. Mm. I'm a bad person. Are you trying to ruin my life? Dude, I recommend you for everything. You know that. True. True. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what? He was just matching you, man. Yeah, he was. Um. Uh, I, yeah, I tell everybody we're like a package deal. They're like, when you did a letter? I was like, I got a letter, bitch. <laughs> 
And it's, I say it like that too, which is maybe that's why I don't get a lot of work done. You, know, you might want to modify. Your- There's one company that's straight up not like answering my emails, like people that I used to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, it's real depressing. I got, you know, for a while there, I was doing a whole bunch of work for um, Dynamite, or yeah, Dynamite, and um, and then suddenly it just I never heard from them again. I'm like, okay, because I, I started seeing like series I was working on. I wasn't working on them anymore. Somebody else was lettering them. I'm like, what the hell happened? And it comes, to, I come to find out that the editors I was working with, at least one of them, I think both of them, no, um, both left the company and started working someplace else. You know, I'm like, oh, that explains it. New editors came in and, and just start working with the people they knew instead. Um, which you know, I mean, like, I guess I'm grudgingly accepting of the fact that someday I'm not going to have work in comics just because. You know, a lot of that, that's how it works. Unless you, like, you work with people that get to know you or refer you or or have been referred to you by somebody you know or have worked with or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, And a lot of that, is, if, if it's the editor's choice, the editor's generally going to go to who they know and who they work with. So if your editor changes, you know, you might not have a job there anymore. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I... I I really want to get back on social media, but I want to get on social media just to talk to comic people again. <laughs> like uh, Blue Sky is good for that. Yeah, Alan sent me an invite. I haven't because um, I, I joined Blue Sky's waiting list, but I, I'm still on waiting. You know, I have code too. So yeah, Alan sent me one, so I, I guess I was going to set up an account and try that. I, I didn't make the switch over to the uh, Meta thing uh, threads. Yeah, who cares? Um. Because I, I, I wanted to let, see what happened with Threads first. Cause, because they, they, the way they set it up is once you activate that account, you can't disengage your Instagram from it. Yeah. So if you want to cancel your Thread account, you can't. Unless you cancel your Instagram account. And I'm like, I don't know if I, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that yet. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I think I had started a Mastodon, Mastodon account like a long time ago. I did too, but that's like, I don't know. But it's too much like like programming. I might as well just start another blog or something. Yeah, and I didn't really know. It's been so long since I even touched it. I'm like, well, I don't know where comic book people, if they're on there, are congregating. Like, um, So, I, you know, I haven't really messed with that yet. But I, I am going to try Blue Sky and see what happens with that. Um, But, yeah, I don't know, man. It's funny, and I'm okay with this, and I've said I'm okay with this before. Like, you know, I've never done any work for DC or um, Marvel. And the reason I'm okay with that is because I always heard really bad things about how they treat the letters and, and just, you know, drop, and like every job's dropped on, on them at the last minute, and then there's like a ton of changes that they have to do like right away kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that just doesn't, that doesn't sound any fun, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I can't help but go... You know, I know people that have done Marvel and DC work, and I've even known people that have gone on to be editors at like Marvel and DC things. I'm like, I have not once been offered the opportunity to decline. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, whatever. I guess that's just the way things are. You know? <laughs> like, um, but I, um, so yeah, I, I talked to Alan's class. He teaches a Alan. Um, why am I blanking? Pasalacqua. Yes, Alan Pasalacqua. Who anybody? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this out loud for people who might be listening, if there are any. 
uh, is a colorist, a very good colorist, and uh, he's worked with me and Mike a bunch on stuff. He's the he's the third part of the package deal. And um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I might be working with Marissa again too. She was really good too. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he teaches a class at the College of California College of something. I can't remember. I can't remember the exact name of it, but he teaches a, a comic book course essentially. And, and um, this week he was teaching or talking to his class about the lettering stages of comics. So he asked me to come on and just do a Q and A and stuff with his students. And um, that was fun. I did that. I did it last year too. I think. Yeah, last year I did it, and um, it's interesting. It's nice. Like at first I'm thinking like, oh, you know, I'm not really much of a teacher, dude, or anything. But then I'm like, you know, I haven't done this a long time, so I, I can just talk about stuff. Yeah, and um, and it's just nice, and you know, it's especially good like when they ask smart questions, and there were some good questions this year too, just about stuff that like, not exactly problems, but like common things that can like hold up your work and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. problem solving type questions. And that. So I found myself saying, "Hey, good question," before I would answer it. <laughs> I mean, people, people in school now are are probably more prepared to do the jobs than we were when we were getting out of school. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, my my education, well, my formal education stopped at high school. So, and I was on, it's like, it still makes me mad because I was right on that cusp where digital was coming into like commercial design at the time. And it had been around for a few years, but it, it was still not quite far enough along that they felt the need to teach it in school yet mm-hmm. or at least not in the public schools um so you know i i had to learn how to do everything the old-fashioned manual way with like uh remember those wheels that you'd have to use that were like a size conversion for size conversion stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was like a, an inner wheel with an outer wheel and then like ains guides and ruby lift <laughs> you know i that's how i learned how to do commercial art and um and then the year after I graduated, I went back in to talk to the teacher, and they had revamped everything and had a whole digital, you know, a whole computer I'm lab now. Sure, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before because the exact same thing happened to me in college. You know? Yeah, uh, it was like I'm like, man, they couldn't have done this a year earlier. Where <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so. I mean, it was okay because I, I was I was I had an affinity for computers anyway. So by the time I a few years later, I finally got around to building a computer, and was able to install art programs and stuff. I was able to catch up some stuff pretty bragging. quick. Um, no, I'm just saying, but not everybody has that opportunity. Like You're always bragging on yourself. <sighs> My God, I feel like a, a small person when you're always talking about how great you are. Mike. <laughs> Mike. Uh you know, I don't know, but um, why did I start talking about? Oh, because yeah, I was talking to Alan's class, so that that was fun. I enjoyed that. Uh, what I didn't enjoy, you know, about close to two weeks ago was that I got bit by a goddamn spider. Yeah, so um, I'm never coming to your house again. I've seen spy- big spiders in your house too. Well, you know. The first time I came to your house, we talked about the spider problem. Did we? Yes, because you said the basement was full of them. Oh, well, those are just those little orb weavers. They're they're messy with their webs, but they don't do anything to you. 
I don't even know if they got fangs big enough to bite you if they wanted well, to. Well, something in your house does. Right. Well, that's. I don't know what kind of spider it was, but it wasn't one of those. Um, and I have been seeing more spiders this year for some reason. I'm considering bombing my house. No, don't do that. You know why? I bombed my apartment in uh, in Nashville, and they put me in jail. No, I mean I <laughs> I bug I bug I bug, I bug bomb my apartment in Nashville, and it got this dust on everything that you don't cover up. Right. So yeah. it ruined a bunch of stuff that I had. And I, I think you have to like turn off your refrigerator and stuff like that. Um, not that even. But I, I was looking into it, and it seems like they have um, different kinds of bug, bug bombs now that aren't necessarily like that. You know? Yeah. Because last time, I, I mean, I had to use a bug bomb on someplace I was moving into, like back in the 90s, because it was just, there was spiders and crap everywhere, and I'm like, I, I'm not going to deal with this after I get my furniture in. But that, that was the last time. Like, I wonder what would come in there if there wasn't the spider. <laughs> right, because, I mean, the only reason the spiders are there is to eat stuff, right? Yeah, so it's like, what kind of fucking vermin is living in your house that they're setting up shop? Like, I know, in my case, um, because I, I have a garage underneath the house, around back, the spiders come in, you know, through the around the edges of the garage door because it doesn't seal perfectly. And, you know, they're probably following, like, the ants and stuff that come in. And, um... And whatever, like flies or whatever, because it's a garage, you know. So I, I understand why they're in the garage, but I think they migrate into the house just because they're looking for stuff. So they come in from the garage to the basement, and most of the time I don't see much of anything upstairs except for sometimes those little like yellowish tree spider kind of things, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's like I, I got a big hedgerow right next to my house with like mulberry trees and stuff like that. So it's I understand where those are coming from. Occasionally yeah. I'll see like weird. You know, I've, I've gotten a lot better about spiders, but I still fucking don't like them. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them. <laughs> you know? uh, especially not now. Oh, so anyway, yeah, I got... I'm Again, I didn't see a dead spider in the bed or anything, which, like, you know, sometimes if you roll over on them, if they're walking on you in your sleep, yeah. um, they'll react and they'll bite you. That means it's inside you. It could be. could have crawled, like, right in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, And when I... I'm pretty sure it happened when I was, when I was sleeping because, like, I, I tend to re- react really strongly to bug bites in general. Mm-hmm. Um, like, mosquito bites are always bigger and redder on me than they normally are for people. Yeah, I've, I've been pretty susceptible to to bug bites lately. Like, if I get them, like, they, they stick around for a while. Yeah, that's the other thing is they take a while to heal and stuff. And, um, you know, and I, I like, I wear pajamas to bed, like long pants pajamas, because sometimes I get mosquitoes in the house. They follow me in, you know, when I come back in from smoking or whatever. And, you know, I, I've woken up to, like, bug bites, like mosquito bites, and I'm like, oh, I'll just start sleeping in pants. I guess apparently this thing must have crawled up my pants leg. Uh, you so know that, leg? Yeah, it was on my leg. It's, like, right below my knee, um, on the back of my calf. And so your your leg fell off? No, I, I my leg got the proportional strength and abilities of a spider, but not the rest of me. Just the leg? Yes, just the leg. So you can that one leg will stick to a ceiling? Yeah, but it doesn't do me a lot of good because all I can do is hang there. Oh, like if I jump up and jump upside down. I mean, down, that's sort of yeah. cool. Well, you should see the dismount though. It's it's. Yeah, I mean, how do you even do that? Do you I, like I just down. like you like you like shove yourself off the ceiling? You kind of fall down, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, you got to wear like wrist braces or something. It sort of sucks, you know. Um, but no, at, at first I just thought it was a bug bite, like a mosquito bite or something. Like, 
I didn't know how. Maybe my pants leg got roughed up or something, and a mosquito bit me in my sleep, and I didn't think anything of it. But then later that night, it started kind of like blistering. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this ain't good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that isn't good. That sucks. And then by the time I woke up the next morning uh, or the next day, it was like a full-on, about the size of a dime and, and you know, at least, I don't know, more than a quarter inch like away from my skin. Like big blister. Like I burned myself. Wow. Yeah. And I'm you like, got, you got zapped by something. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this is literally the worst bug bite. Well, last time I got stung by a bee, my, my hand swelled up from my fingertips to my shoulder. My, my whole arm swelled. It looked like a big blood sausage. But, um, other than That's that, a metal band. Blood sausage. But it's, it's blood with an umlaut, like a U and an umlaut. I don't remember. There were the band in The Gate. Remember the movie The Gate? If you played the record backward? They were called Blood Blood Sausage. Yeah, Blood Sausage. Oh, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember there being a band. I just remember that they were called that. Um, So, yeah, other than that bee sting, this thing's like the worst bug bite I've ever had. (laughs) And so I went to the, not the emergency room, but uh, urgent care. And, like, we didn't know, she was asking me questions because we were trying to identify what it was. And she was like, well, did you burn yourself? Do you smoke? And I'm like, yeah, but I, I would have felt that and there's no holes in my clothes or anything, you know. And um, and so she's like, all right, well, she, and then she drained it, which was really gross. Yeah. It didn't, surprisingly, it didn't feel like anything. And that's the other thing is it's, this thing has never hurt. It's itched a bit, but it's never hurt, which I think is really weird. Um, yeah. So she drained it and, and then, like... The only time it really hurt was right after she drained it, she put iodine on it. I'm like, oh, fuck, I feel that. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that hurt. That hurt like hell. Um, But while she was inspecting it, she noticed two puncture marks. So she was like, I think it could be a spider. Yeah. So, um, and it's still not healed. Like, it's almost two weeks on, the damn things. I I still have to keep it bandaged, you know. I just keep... Uh, keeping it clean and putting antibiotic ointment on it and stuff. So, uh, oh, and I, I had to go on um, uh, in case it was bacterial or something. I had to go on antibiotics for a week. Really? Yeah. You, wow, you really got it. So, there's been no like necrosis or anything. You haven't. No, that's why I don't think it was like a um, uh, brown recluse or anything because I I didn't have any symptoms like any nausea or um, like shortness of breath or any of the stuff that they. Well, everything like, I've seen with those those brown recluses, I mean, aside from people dying from them, which, I mean, most of the time it's like they get like that, they're fucking have to amputate or, or chuck, uh, ch- take a chunk out of your body and you're never the same anymore. I think those are the extreme cases. I don't think those are the norm. Yeah, okay. But in this case, I didn't have any of the symptoms that they would normally associate with like a... a, a or highly poisonous or highly venomous spider bite, like a hobo spider or brown recluse, black widow, whatever, you know. Um, so this was, and I don't think it was a wolf spider because I think wolf spider bites usually tear. They're not just punctures. Really? Uh-huh. Fuck those things. Um, so I, I'm not really sure what it was, <laughs> to be honest. And like I said, I didn't find a spider, so it's hard to, it's hard to identify what kind of spider bit you just from the bite. I think the only reasonable uh, action now is to destroy all of them. Pretty much. I could make it my life's mission just to yeah, eradicate spider I, I, I'll help you out. Um, you got to realize, though, man, you, you're probably sitting within five feet of a spider right now. Fuck you, dude. I fucking hate you right now. I'm just saying, they're everywhere, man. 
I'm not saying it's you know a spider that's going to do anything. To I mean, you. in my head, I know that's true, but I you did not need to say that. Oh, sorry. I probably deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, I, I don't know. It just spider bites suck. That's all. <laughs> that's about all I can say about it. Yeah. Um. At least it wasn't worse than it was. Like I said, it, it only got about the size of a dime. I've I've seen some spy. I went looking up spider bites, at, which I shouldn't have done, but I did. And there were some people that had some like terrible, terrible, like you know, regular chicken egg size blisters from spider bites and stuff like that. Um, I'm like, well, at least I didn't have that. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, it just it sucks. It's one of those. It's, it's weird. I've been really fortunate in my life to not have a lot of bad injuries or illnesses or anything. Yeah. But when I do get hurt, it's always something fucked up and weird. Well, not always. I mean, I get colds and stuff too, but, um, you, 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 you've been like sick, sick. Yeah. That's what I mean. I do occasionally I'll get like flu or cold or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really consider that to be major though. Cause it's, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just, we, know, we know people that are like that every other week. So. Yeah, and I mean, when I get it, it sucks, but it lasts a couple of days and I'm done or whatever, you know? But like, yeah, just dumb stuff like fucking spider bites and then being being allergic to bees in my 20s when I never was when I was a kid. Like, I I don't know. It's just dumb. That's, that is strange. And like, I never had... Not that this is a weird thing, but like I never had allergies until I moved back here from Chicago. Sure, I've heard people say that kind of stuff before. You know, I never really had allergies ever, and then you know, recently, the last couple of springs, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm feeling it like everybody else, but I do get you know the sneezing and the itchiness every. I mean, it doesn't mess me up like everybody else but yeah it's uh it's stuff i notice you know sure so. yeah and i mean I, yeah i'm guessing uh tree pollen and something else is what does it to me and i don't know i asked a doctor about it one time a while back and um they said well maybe growing up around here i had like a i had developed an, an immunity to it or you know a strong resistance to it and then by leaving for several years and coming back it, it wasn't there anymore or something. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know. That sort of makes sense. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's just dumb. It's all dumb. I hate... Mother Nature is out to hurt you. It wants to kill and maim you. Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't think that Mother Nature wants to kill us. But she sure as shit does not fucking care about us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she is indifferent. And is like, uh, and, and, and you could not exist and it would not change her day. It's like, that's why I snort whenever somebody starts talking about like, you know, the all nurturing mother Gaia kind of thing. And I'm like, <laughs> like bullshit. You know? Mother nature will go on and has gone on and does not need you nor want you. <laughs> right. Um, so other than that though, you know, I mean, if I get my sleeping stuff back on track, I'd be in good shape. Yeah, sleeping's hard. I mean, I've I've had some problems with sleeping lately too. You know, I just I wake up like a you know an hour too early or go to bed an hour too late and it throws everything off and wham 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 white fifty year old guy complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to 
Because, like, you know, when I was younger, in my 20s or something, like, I could reset by just staying up all night. And then, and then, uh, and then, no, that never worked for me. Like, if, or if I, if I had stayed up all night, all I needed to do was just stay up the rest until I would normally go to bed, and then I'd be fine. You know, I, I can't do that now, though. Like, if I stay up, my heart starts getting funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that happened to me at the last uh, 24-hour comic day, but that could have been all the coffee I drank. Yeah, that probably didn't help. It was all those uh, cigars you were smoking and stuff, too. Mm, I can't remember the last time I had a cigar. I don't know. I can't think of one. I'm trying to think. I, think I do I remember that I tasted it for like a week afterwards, and I was like, well, not doing that ever again. <laughs> I think the last cigar I had, I don't remember when it was, but I think it was a, uh, what are they called? Backwoods? Backwoods? <laughs> there was like gnarly little cigarettes that like uh, come in a pouch. Yeah. <laughs> like the kind you get at a Seven Eleven? Yeah, yeah, you can get, get in there or like whatever. Oh, yeah, I think they're called backwoods. They're not quite as small as like a cheroot, but they kind of look like like a Clint Eastwood cigar. Mm-hmm. Cigarillo. Yeah, but they're like thicker than that. Um, man, I, I used to actually I I used to smoke those fairly often in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Of course, I used to drink Rolling Rock beer as my main beer in the nineties as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel stupid and contagious. <laughs> Anywho, um, I wish I had something else. I've been playing my bass more. Good. I'm trying to anyway. You know, when I get a minute. I've been trying to practice, trying to make songs, even though I'm very depressed with my the finished stuff that I've been doing. Yeah, I don't know, I thought, you know, the stuff uh, you sent me over sounds promising. Yeah, but the singing is not good, so I need to... That's practice. I just need, I need to figure out a way to get through that so that I, I can't be thinking every time that I do this that that's going to be a hurdle, otherwise I won't make anything, so... Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, we made it, we made an hour. We did. Do we have an email? We have an email. Do you want to read the email? Uh, David D. writes, Hello, I got the Rock God of Jackson, Tennessee pre-ordered and coming in my next DCBS box. Looking forward to it. Nice. This is probably an old email. Probably. We haven't talked in a while. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, July 4th, the day that it came out. Um, oh, yeah. Happy July 4th, by the way. <laughs> I enjoyed the part of the episode when you got all true crime podcast on the mystery of the Baroness and Ravage cover. Hmm. Yeah. I was on board to figure that out. Yep. So that's what the people want to hear. They want it. They, well, yeah, actually, here we go. Uh, it reminded me of stories you have told on the show over the years about working on those licenses that devils do. Given that G.I. Joe and Transformers are about to have a big moment in comics again this year. Hmm, are they? Yeah. Well, we talked about that, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. Um, uh, I had a few questions to draw on your expertise. One, if you don't mind telling or retelling some tales out of school other than Mike getting too sexy with that Ravage cover, <laughs> what are some of the strangest or most surprising notes you got from approvals people? I have never forgotten Mike's story about Teen Titans having to wear helmets to safely play baseball, even though the same issue they fought supervillains. 
It was so perfectly ab- absurd as an example of corporate notes. Were there ever any notes like that, that G- on G.I. Joe or Transformers? Uh, yes. A lot of them were... For one thing, and I think I've said this before, working with Hasbro especially, like they, their department would change. The department would change uh, very often. So like a, and, and, the turnover. And we wouldn't necessarily know who in the department... Was, yeah, was issuing they, the notes like yeah, originally, or yeah, so you couldn't tell why, and they would contradict each other from month to month. Yeah, sometimes like they'd say you can't do this, and then they approve it the next. Like yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, oh, I remember, remember approval forms. Oh, I don't even remember those. They uh, the one the one sticks in my head that um, I still kind of feel bad about because I, I I was the one that wound up making the change, and it was a um. Was it a Tony Harris cover? Scarlet Butt? Yep. We got the notepad uh, from Hasbro. I think the Scarlet Butt is why he is mad at me still. Why? I'm the one that did it. Uh, he came came up to me at a Heroes Con. And he's like, I know who you are. Like when I introduced him. To him. And he then he turned around and talked. I guess it was his wife or girlfriend. He's like, this is the guy. And I couldn't hear what he was saying. But I think he was talking about G.I. Joe stuff. Oh, really? And I'm like, I have nothing to do with any problems you ever had. And I'm like, well, all right. I guess because you were the art director, he assumed it was you? I guess so. But I just, I remember we got the note. They wanted the butt changed because they thought it made her look like a, a too old, like a mom or something. Yeah. And For then, one thing, yeah, it's because Tony Harris uses photo reference, and he was probably looking at somebody well, and drew a realistic butt. And that's not what he needed to do. Now, I think the issue with it was is that when we got that note, it was we didn't have time to like kick it back to him to have him make the change and oh. send it back. So, you know, I, I was like, and honestly, you paid for it; it was ours anyway. We can do whatever we wanted to. I mean, that's the bottom line. It's not the most. Uh, it's not the most considerate. No. I mean, um, I, I can understand him being upset about it, and I felt bad about it, and I don't even remember how I was the one that wound up having to do it. Yeah, I don't either. But, but he, I did. and He definitely blamed me for it. He was very angry at me. I mean, I, I did it because it was given to me to do. I didn't do it by choice or anything. He still thinks that I own Devil's Do or something like that. <laughs> but that, that was one of the weirder ones to me that always stuck in my head. And then, uh, yeah. the, the biggest note... That I can, and I will always tell this to people, is they honestly came to us and asked us, gave us the proposition of, is there a way to do G.I. Joe without guns? Oh, I don't even remember that. Jeez. Yeah, they asked us if we could make G.I. Joe without any guns in it. I do remember them asking us questions about characters that they should have known. Yeah. Oh, they didn't know the property. They didn't know anything about that. And I'm, I'm going to chalk that one up to, like, again people in the department would come and go like so. yeah. they asked us if we could drop, make the book without guns and I and at that point I would I checked out <laughs> I mean there were so like it really was month to month everything was you know they 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 didn't they they could not make it more obvious that they did not like us no they really didn't <laughs> even after it, that one dude that had a like somewhat legit gripe against us like split yeah. they still didn't like us they really did not like us, and it was like it was so. It was like, why am I? Why? Why do? I mean, I don't have to eat shit for you guys. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, 
But yeah, they were, um, yeah, the no guns thing, it, it just kind of tells you something about the, the, um. That is highly weird because, like, they were putting out the toys with the guns. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, even the Sigma 6 stuff, which was supposed to be super kiddified, like, they still had, like, guns on the vehicles and guns <laughs> on the characters and. It is a, I, I don't, I don't want to blow anybody's mind, but I would say it's one of the appeals of the property. <laughs> Um, uh, um uh, I think that's a good answer. Uh, number two, when did Energon Universe become a thing? That feels new and fresh out of a meeting. What do you think of that as a way of describing putting these toys together? It leans a little heavy on the Transformer side to me. I okay. don't even know anything about that. This is what I thought we talked about because they have they're finding they're bringing back GI Joe at Skybound. Oh right, that that much I knew about Transformers, and they did it like as a through a back door in one of Robert's uh, personal books. That's weird. Yes, and so I don't know. uh, To answer the last part of your question first, it leans heavy on the Transformers side for me. That's because Transformers is the better selling property. So they're always Hasbro is way more interested in Transformers than GI Joe. They've always been like that. They always like Dreamwave better than us, and it's because they made more money. And uh, Transformers are just and they don't have to think about the violence part. I mean, they were watching Transformers, the new Transformers, in the studio today, and I was and I was and I was watching it, and I was like, those are extremely violent. I think. I think Optimus Prime has personally decapitated like 15 characters in the course of those movies. But you can do that when it's a robot, right? Yes. So, um, um, so that's, that is probably the answer to that. Now, keep in mind, all of this stuff is just, uh, speculation on your part, speculation and supposition on our part, but we do have, you know, um, I guess you could say informed because we've been there, but, uh, if you're saying, what do you think of that as a way to describe, uh, feels fresh and new out of a meeting? I, this is, this is my speculation, and I, I really feel like this is how it went down. Is that Robert came to them and said, you want, you want your guys, you want your own Marvel Universe? You want to have that Nick Fury moment? You want to, you want everybody to go freak out about your properties again? Let me put it in my book. <laughs> We'll bring it back. You want some of this walking dead power. And so he did that. And now, you know, people are kind of freaking out because there's like, whoa, we didn't expect that. That was a surprise. And that's probably how they pitched it. It's like, nobody's, nobody's going to know about this. We're going to blow minds. We're going to blow minds. Probably. (laughs) And you know what? He's not wrong. That's not a bad idea. No, I mean, if you're approaching it. If you're, if you're saying traditional fans be damned if we're just going to do yeah. this, like, we're going to do this to capitalize on the property. I mean, it's a more creative way. It's it's definitely a more creative way. In fact, he's the one that, I mean, he, uh, 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 Robert's been a lover of that stuff forever. Like, we all, we grew up with it, right? Sure, um, yeah. But, see, my issue, if I were doing a book, is like, well, I better come up with a book that I don't care that I've actually tied it into Hasbro now, you know, it's like part of that now, yeah. but you know, to him, it's like, I've got 7,000 ideas. I just, you know, 
Uh, I'm sure he's got it. The worst that could happen, this gets toys and I become even more famous. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Sh- I'm sure he's got it contractually worked out that it's, yeah, it's, you know, it can be separated at some point I mean, if he wants it to. Yeah, he's a mover and shaker now. <laughs> right. he, he has that kind of clout. So yeah. that's probably how that happened. I, for, uh, I could com- be completely wrong too. Um, but usually in my experience, Hasbro isn't in really too interested in like doing anything that's not all their property. So they probably, you'd have to convince them to say, Oh yeah, we'll backdoor this in your, your comic book that nobody's heard of. Void rivals. You yeah. I, mean? I don't, I mean, I, it, it's not, not a surprise that I wouldn't have heard of it because I'm not really right. current right now. You know? Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, the, but again, I could be completely wrong. Uh, the, um, um, but also keep in mind that G.I. Joe's rights were bought by a kid working in a t-shirt shop from Cincinnati (laughs) in the nineties and they were very mad about it, but they, they didn't have many choices at the time. And it's kind of come around again to that point where it's just like people have kind of lost the interest I mean, Transformers has huge movies and they'll keep making them, but even those have waned. So, uh. Yeah, I mean, at the time Josh got the license, I mean, they, Hasbro barely cared about it. As far as they, they were concerned. As far as they were concerned. At all. As they far didn't as, care about it at all. Yeah, as far as they were concerned, their focus on G.I. Joe was the, the 12-inch classic stuff that, that they had been and trying to market. It was for old people. Yeah, yeah, it was collector stuff in nice boxes that were. Like themed for like, I, I bought one for my dad back in the late nineties. It was like a guy standing up against the, uh, you know, the wall with all the names. Yeah. The memorial. Like they, they would have themed stuff like that. Yep. And that was their focus at the time. They, they didn't care about our age. Yep. Um, that was all dead and dead and buried as far as they were concerned. They, they, they didn't understand why anybody wanted hardly. It kind of took, uh, it took a lot of convincing and I still don't think they really even cared. Um, three, finally, most importantly, when you think of G.I. Joe and Transformers, which would you say is more like Smallville and which is more like Dawson's Creek and why? <laughs> um, honestly, I will say that G.I. Joe is probably more like Smallville because I always consider G.I. Joe real American hero line to be superheroes. Superheroes <laughs> in the way that, you know, Nick Fury and Batman and stuff but like that. But how the fuck is Transformers like Dawson's Creek? Well, I... There's a lot of uh, drama? No. <laughs> Is there? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of character drama in Transformers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was the bigger show? Ooh, probably Trans... Well, I don't know. Like, when? I mean, they they were out at the same time, weren't they? Yeah, but then, like, you know, some, sometimes things... Like, I think by the time the movie came out, Transformers was probably bigger than G.I. Joe. I'm ta- no, I'm talking about Smallville and Dawson's Creek. Oh. Uh, well, Smallville got more seasons. Then Smallville is Transformers. Um, but Dawson's Creek was probably more widely acclaimed, I'm going to guess. Mm. Or at least more well-received critically. Because, I mean, let's face it, Smallville went for ten seasons and it didn't need to. <laughs> you know? nobody, was, nobody knew what was happening. I mean, that show that show probably could have been wrapped up in like three seasons and that would have been fine. Like, I mean, that Blue Beetle movie's coming out and nobody remembers that he showed up in that TV show. 
It's like, this isn't the first time this character's been on TV. Nobody remembers Dr. Hawkman, MD. You know, Dr. Uh, Hawkman, MD. It's like, I, you know, so... What I, it, I don't know. I don't even know what, what argument I'm trying to justify here, <laughs> to be honest. Um. So, yeah, there's your answer, I suppose. Thank you, David D. Yeah, man, thanks. Yeah, that's the email. Okay, cool. Uh, did you have anything in stores this week? Just uh, Rock Gods of Jackson, Tennessee, and, uh, you know, uh, Archie Camp Pickens is out. Right um, so go buy those comics. Uh, as far as me, I don't know what's been out in the past month, but this week was uh, Rick and Morty number seven. Uh, the new ongoing. That's why it's renumbered again. Um, although I did see a couple of interesting things on, on the out this week list. One of them's uh, from who's this from? <laughs> I, can't, I I don't know who, what <clears throat> what the studio is, but it's called Children of the Comet. Mm. And it's I don't recognize the uh, creators' names: Damian Colonelli and Gabriel. Kikot? Kikot? Mm, never heard of him. <clears throat> but this cover looks really cool. <laughs> it's like a wraparound cover, and it's... Oh, it's uh, some publisher called Sumerian? Sumerian. <laughs> if you read it, it summons an elder god. I suppose. What, what is best in life? Oh, that's mm. Sumerian. Sorry. That's <laughs> Sumerian, not Sumerian. <laughs> right, right. Sorry. I, I got them mixed up. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the other thing I saw that uh, looks interesting is from Image. Uh, number one issue is out this week of a series called Per Evil. Um, oh. But it's oh, Laura yeah. Braga. And her art, this cover looks really cool. I, I like, I, I dig her I, art. I love the title. I don't know what the book is about, but Erica Schultz and I were going to do a book about a cat serial killer, and I told her when I saw that, I was like, this would have been the perfect name! <laughs> um, I, you know, this cover looks a lot, it, it looks like a lot of fun, and then, you know, I like her art. Her art's really good. Mm. Um... She kind of reminds me of like I'm trying to think like um um, um you know that, that 2000 AD kind of looking at least on this that reminds me of it like that kind of art the uh, that rendered kind of stuff and very mm-hmm. very expressive character faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2000 AD can mean a lot of things. Yeah, I'm I, I'm just trying to I'm trying to narrow that down, but like that that kind of thing where it was a little different from American comics, you know? Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Um, cause you had people like, um, um, God, I am terrible with names. My God. <laughs> um, they're better with names. The, the painty guy. Wendy. I mean, uh, Peeny. Uh, I only remember Wendy. What's the guy's name? Not Peeny. I said painty, like painty. Oh, all of his stuff looked like, like looked like he painted it. Um, and it was like hyper, oh. hyper violent. Bisley? Yeah, like Bisley. Bisley type. Um. Not that she looks like Bisley, but how Bisley stuff didn't look like American stuff per se, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, whatever. I don't like again. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to justify here or <laughs> whatever. So that's, that's this week in stores. Go to, go to stores. Go buy rock guns. Yeah, please. Go buy rock guns. Um, I haven't, it's, I feel weird because it's been a month and I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Like it came out and then it's just like nothing. No reviews or anything? I mean, there were reviews before the book came out or like the day, the week of, but I haven't heard anybody like tell me if they liked it or anything afterwards. Huh. You know, I, I spent two years working on it. <laughs> I'd like to see if anybody liked it. 
Um, trying to see, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look up reviews and like. I don't really read reviews either. I just would like somebody to like, you know, say something on on Blue Sky or something or Instagram. I don't know. Oh, here's a here's a review from uh, a week ago. There we go. Somebody was reviewing it. Hmm, that's good. Um, Unless it's not. Yeah, I haven't read it, so I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it's good or not. I don't know uh, what the fuck this is. Hey, it's got three ratings on Amazon. Oh, okay. And it's uh, well. See, that's the thing on Amazon. Rafer Roberts made that book. That's the way Ra- Amazon does stuff. Is they only list the writer on those as the author? No, we're all three listed. Oh, we are. Yeah, we're all four of us actually. I'm sorry. Oh, good. Because a lot of the time they only list the. That's why everybody thinks Tim Seeley drew Revival. Well, okay, so <laughs> looking at the credits further, besides just staring at the names, Rafer Roberts is listed as the author, which I guess, you know, okay, he wrote it. Yeah, but it, I mean, he is the author, he wrote it. But technically author, like, has different connotations, so it means, like, yeah. you know, because they, they just list you as the illustrator. Yeah. So it, it's like, it's Rafer's book that you, you make pictures in. Well, Which yeah. isn't, it, I'm just saying that. I knew that was going to happen, but, but I mean, that's fine. But then me and Alan, they also were listed as illustrators. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I don't like that about Amazon. Amazon doesn't know. They're a warehouse. It's just weird, man. Oh, yeah, and, and because Rafer's listed as the author, like, he's the one that's got the about information. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it did get three, three ratings. It's got two reviews. Hmm. And uh, apparently, since it's got three ratings, there was a three-star, a four-star, and a five-star. Mm. Who the fuck gave it a three-star? Let's go fuck him up. Uh, shush. <laughs> the person's name is Shush? No, I'm telling you to shush. Hush on now. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, that's cool. Oh, Grumble's on here, too. It's got four reviews. Wow. Raising Hell in the Garden State. Uh, that's five and a half stars aggregate. Good. Hell yeah. That is a good book. I want to make more. Hells yeah. Um, anyway, though. All right. So uh, thanks for talking. Thank you. And uh, everybody else have a good weekend. And uh, you can reach Mike at IHateMike.com. And apparently he's on Blue Sky. I might be on Blue Sky soon. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm Mike Norton on Blue Sky. I got my name on there and everything. Cool, cool. I think I'm Mike Norton. I don't think I'm the Mike Norton. I think I'm just Mike Norton. Um, huh, this is weird. Is this a graphic novel? It is. Somebody made a graphic novel about the band Redbone. What? Really? Yeah. I'm interested in that. It um came out in October of 2020, so it's been around a while. I'm gonna check it out. I wonder if Jim knows about that. I don't know. I just I I, I saw it because it was um you know when they list things that are you might be interested in as well. Kind of thing. I just I only I only recommend Native American stuff to Jim now. <laughs> oh, you're that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. Oh, IDW put this out. Wow, really? Yeah, 160 pages. Oh, I wouldn't have to buy that. It was Christian Stabler. Never heard of him. Listed as the author Sonia Pal- Paluni and Tibalt Belahi. <laughs> you didn't even try to pronounce that. I think, is, is that Tibault? T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Is that Tibault? Tibault. Is it Tibault? Tibault. 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 
Hello? And then the last name is B-A-L-A-H-Y, Balahi? Oh, my God. Stop that. Balahi? <laughs> I'm just going to go slap him and say, get a real name. It's Tippy Hollaback. Tippy Hollaback. Come on, Tippy. Uh, uh, Mary Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that, that's interesting. I might pick that up. But anyway, all right. So everybody have a good weekend. Um, take care of yourselves, and, and we'll, we'll be back soon. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.